This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is contacttalkradio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on tunein.com, ping.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're almost superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries. 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Not just on iTunes, of course, we're also found on iHeartRadio and Spotify and various other platforms. So we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest today. Before I turn it over to formal introductions, I just want to, as I always do, once again, uh, thank my corporate sponsors, which is inclusive of Halt and Honda forever, as well as new addition to the family of, of sponsorship is AHA That. I also want to thank all my loyal listeners. I want to thank the over half a million podcast subscribers. And I want to thank each and every single guest who I've had the opportunity uh, to interview and showcase here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So who is my guest of this Friday? Well, my guest is a phenomenal gentleman by the name of Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman, who is also a professional speaker, author, and media host. Following a successful high school wrestling career, Charlie took his talents to Law Haven University, where he achieved a top 12 finish at Division I Nationals and First Team All-Academic. After teaching Spanish for three years and winning Spike TV's Pros versus Joes, Charlie decided to leave his job to pursue a master's degree and begin his professional fighting career, UFC. The Spaniard was born. In 2011, he was ranked as high as number seven in the world, and in 2015, he published his autobiography, Driven, My Unlikely Journey from Classroom to Cage. Charlie currently lives in PA with his wife and children. Charlie, I want to welcome you to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really well, and I'm impressed that you pronounced my last name perfectly. Most people stumble on that. So I was, I was thinking, how's she going to say it? How's she going to say it? And you nailed it. So I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. you got to do your homework before you go live, right? <laughs> I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Not to say I haven't made that mistake in the past, but once you've learned that mistake, you never make it again, my friend. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so used to it. It's just par for the course. It wouldn't have been a big deal anyway. Absolutely. So we've been uh, we've been planning this for quite some time, booking this show. Uh, we are live here on the network, and I do want to, I'd be remiss if I didn't give proper kudos and thank you to our mutual friends who have also been showcased here on Living Fearlessly, two separate interviews with our friends, Patty Aubrey and Jack Canfield. So before we dive in, Charlie, what is the backstory with your relationship with them? Because they're phenomenal people and they're worldwide renowned. So yeah, what, what, yeah let's get into that first. And that's a, uh, 
you know, I, I use the word luck, lucky, but it all is a culmination of your choices and decisions and this and that. And, uh, you know, we, I randomly came across, uh, Todd who works with Patty. Yeah. He ran- Armstrong. Yeah. He randomly bumped into, uh, I did an interview, a podcast of, again, uh, someone, someone introduced me to someone. I did a podcast and then, uh, Todd happened to bump in, bump into this guy and they were talking and he said, Hey, we're looking for some former athletes who might be speakers, might be authors. And he said, well, how about this guy, Charlie? So I met Todd and we talked and then he introduced me to Patty. Patty introduced me to Jack. And for the last, uh, it's probably been four or five months. Um, we just been going back and forth and listening and seeing the, the things they're building and branching out and being a part of it. And just yesterday we had a, a call with Todd. So it, it's been a fun journey and getting to take part in their train the trainer program and learn, read the book, the success principles. It's really, yes. it's, it's been awesome, you know, with, with post fighting, just speaking and podcasting and, I've gotten to meet so many people and, and podcasting is the coolest thing in the world because isn't you, it? people just talk to you <laughs> for free and it's like, well, this is the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I read that book, success principles. I did the trainer train, train the trainer program. And I really, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know how many times I say to myself, ask, 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 or lean into it, you know, all, yes. all these different success principles. Like, Holy cow, this, 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 it, it kind of like helps formulate the way you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's helped me tremendously. Fantastic. Well, yeah, the success principles is on my nightstand following my interview uh, with Jack. And I did interview uh, Jack first and then followed up by Patty Aubrey a couple weeks later. Uh, or, yeah, that's the order. And um, so they were very gracious in sending me an inscribed copy of the book. And, uh, you know, as you can imagine, being a podcaster, interviewing people world-renowned, many of them authors such as yourself, they send you all their books. You know, the publishing companies send their clients' books. So there's a lot of research and whatnot that has to go into preparation for my guests of each week, which is where my priority lies. So, you know, I started getting into the success principles, but it's one of those books I want to do at service, and I don't yeah. want to start, put it down, start, put it down, because I think it's one of those things when you've got a window of time, you breeze through it and you go, okay, that was well worth uh-huh. the read. And probably a book you're going to reread many times over. So, um, yeah, so that book speaks to me tremendously. And uh, so when I got the referral after having interviewed them that, you know, you got to interview this guy, Charlie, it was like, okay, you know, I didn't even have to read your bio, but I just went on their testimony. Yes, and that's how it works. Yeah. And their endorsement of you. And I thought, okay, if they're good, if, if Charlie's good enough for them, based on all the people that they work with, uh, he's coming on the show. So sure. I appreciate the gift of your time. So let's just dive right in. So when we go back to, and again, this is unscripted, the loyal listeners would know that, but I do generally start out with, you know, the basic question of where this all starts, the inception of each guest's journey. So in terms of getting into UFC, in terms of getting into it at the high school level to begin with, um, you know, what was it about that particular sport that was a calling for you? Because some people who I've interviewed with sports, it's for various reasons. For some, it's been about bullying, learning how to become more skilled in, in properly and legally defending yourself. Um, for other people, it's a way of stepping out, proving people wrong or proving yourself right based on, you know, self-doubt, uh, uncertainty, false beliefs, all those things. So what was it that catapulted you into this particular sport and journey, Charlie? I think, you know, that it will, will come full circle. So I'll start with the, uh, the end of the story. And it kind of, you know, as you were asking that question, I was racking my brain. 
it falls in line with with this show, right? Living fearlessly in fear and leaning, you know, success principles, leaning into it. So at the end of the day, you know, the end of the story was I was very bored. Uh, I looked at what physical attributes I had, mental attributes I had, and fighting was that thing. Except I was scared to death of fighting. So I did what you know the success was. I leaned into it, right? So mm-hmm. I, I I just decided to pursue. The thing that I had a, a high likelihood of success at, but I was scared mm-hmm. to death of it, so I just went all in. Um, so how I got to that point was wrestling. You know, that that was the the very beginning of it all was the sport of wrestling. I got involved at a very young age. It became my life. You know, academic mm-hmm. academics and athletics were my life. It's all I really did or cared about growing up. And uh, I got to a point. I wrestled in college. Did not accomplish what I thought I would. You know, mm-hmm. in high school nor in college. And I, I I thought, you know, I had a great senior year of college and thought, okay, well, I'm done. Competition is done. Sacrifice, discipline, hard work, you know, getting up early, staying up late, not eating full meals all the time. It's over. But then I got really bored with that. And I settled into a job teaching junior and senior high Spanish and uh, coaching wrestling. And after about a year, it just got to a point where I was not happy. I just, in, in my like heart of hearts, deep in my soul, I, I was not happy. I needed more, both physically and mentally. And uh, a, a friend of mine who turned out to be a world champion, and he'll be a UFC Hall of Famer, but he was fighting in the UFC and completely randomly, I just saw it and thought, eh, I could do that. And then I put a, a plan in motion and got got a uh, you know I went out on good graces with my school district got my transition to get my master's degree and then you know after I got my master's degree really dove in you know, head first and spent you know eight years fighting professionally. Fantastic. I want to go back to something that you said as I was listening to you speak, uh, and I don't know if it was purposely chosen in terms of your vocabulary, but you said I settled into a job of teaching. Now, settling for anything we know is kind of death, uh, yeah. you know, because that represents mediocrity, complacency, all those things. So I don't know if that was just something that got inserted without consciously thinking about it. But, you know, what was, I mean, obviously you, you derived a lot of benefits from teaching, and I believe every experience that we endeavor to do at different junctures in our life propels us for the next journey, the next chapter. So what did teaching do? And maybe you want to correct yourself, maybe you don't, or maybe you want to offer some clarification around the word you chose to use in settling into a job of teaching. What was that? Yeah, so, you know, when, when you bring out the word settle, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of what you're saying, which I agree with, right? But it was not a, a, I wasn't really cognizant of using that word. But I also think of settling into bed. I love settling into bed, you know? Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's not a negative thing. But to me, it was, I thought this is where I want to be, you know? So I settled in, I, I got comfortable, et cetera, not knowing the aftermath of that decision, right? So mm-hmm. I had every intention of, of, settling down and, and, and being where I wanted to be. Um, but it, it just turned out to not be that way. Mm-hmm. And I learned that pretty quickly. And in that, uh, you know, when that smacked me alongside the face, I thought I, I, I'm going to do something about this. You know, too often you hear, I mean, I saw it, I saw it teaching too, too many people, you know, were teaching and, and weren't necessarily happy with what they were doing, but they thought, ah, well, I'll retire in 30 years. And I just mm-hmm. thought, no way. I, I can't, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 22, 23 years old. I cannot, I just, my, my brain works very fast and very, you know, a lot going on and, you know, fighting is, was a way to kind of satiate that wrestling was a way to satiate that. And, uh, 
and I just wasn't able to do that. So, so teaching for me, you're right. I mean, it provided experience, first of all, interacting with young people and old people, you know, old people, I guess I'm an old person now, but you know, young, <laughs> young people and professionals, a lot of patience, a lot of direction and vision, like where do I want to go with my life? A lot of relationships, you know, some of those kids are now young men and yeah, 27 year old men and women that, that I still talk to or see and, and they'll, you know, bring out experiences that we had. So it provided a lot of, you know, life experiences for me and for the young people. And to be honest, my, uh, my partner, my, my Mr. Miyagi, you know, he, he, he mm-hmm. helps me do everything I do. His name is Dread. His nickname is Dread. I actually met him because I taught his son. So it, it really, I mean, it provided me him too. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it provided me a lot of, a lot of valuable things. And, and, you know, the, my love of the Spanish language, which is what I taught has only increased since that time as well. Beautiful. Fantastic. So, you know, let's talk about some of the rituals, some of the mindset, and, and you know, in terms of you really uh, applauding the benefits and of what you have extrapolated from the success principles specifically, how has that, if it, you know, and I'm sure it's a culmination of things, it's never just one thing specifically, although it may be very pivotal, it may be very profound, and you do carry a lot of weight or attach a lot of weight to one thing specifically that's completely opened up your eyes to a, a new way of thinking, a new way of being, a new way of performing. Um, you know, what has the success principles done that it didn't before its introduction? So if we can talk about the contrast of before success principles, current success principles, what's changed for you? What's transformed? I think, you know, the first time I talked to uh, to Todd, so he was kind of the intermediary, and then eventually we met Patty and Jack. So Dredd and I uh, got on a call with Todd, and I'm really skeptical. So the the, the fight, fighting, you know, the business of fighting mm-hmm. uh, jaded me, right? So it's because there's people just, just coming from all angles with false promises and, you know, yes. do this and you can do that, and it's so cheap, and it's just not – it's not a very comforting thing. So I exited that with a very, like, you know, not good outlook on people coming at you with opportunities. So, you know, we talked with uh, Todd right off the bat. And I thought, well, I kind of like this guy. You know, I like I like his draw, you know, the way mm-hmm. he talks. I, I like his yes. energy, et cetera. <laughs> and uh, so eventually we, we – Dredd and I thought, yeah, I mean, this is really a, a, a win-win situation. There's absolutely no risk in, in getting certified and connecting with, with you know, these people. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, – the way Dredd explained it, you know, going through the course and the, the, all the activities and it like – so when you're a baby, you're you're born, right, with a blank slate and it's like discovery. So I have a, a four and a half and a one and a half and they're just – you know, my, my son just wakes up every morning and just boom, he's gone. He's mm-hmm. like touching this, moving that, thinking this, looking at this, trying this, blah, 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 blah. And then you get into routine and I, the four agreements is a book referenced a lot. But, you know, then we form all these agreements. And, and then it becomes, life becomes a certain way. People become a certain way. And what mm-hmm. the success principles did for me is it really like opened that up and it, it kind of like recalibrates you. And Todd introduces this word, uh, you know, like tr- transformation, transformational or human potential. And really that's it. So if, if you're someone who's thinking to yourself, like, well, I want to improve in one area and it could be for me, you know, it's business, it's family, it's health and fitness, you know, no matter what area it is. This book like really strips down, like gets to the core, core of you. Like, I mean, kind of like if you can imagine being a, I'm 37, a 37 year old, but with the free mind of like one and a half year old. It's I know. Really, I've seen your videos. I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I glean your spirit very clearly. Yeah. I love it. 
<laughs> well, I appreciate that, but that's what it does, and that's what it did. And then, okay, so from there, that's what it—that's what it did for me personally. But then professionally, like I said, and, and if you ask me to rattle off twenty of them right this second, I probably couldn't, right? But I think there's sixty-seven success principles in the book. But every, I swear, every other day, every two days, every day, I I, I repeat to myself one of those, you know, experience the fear and, and take action anywhere. Take a, like ask, ask, ask. I never like to ask for anything. But, mm-hmm. but I'm like, that, that's what he says, right? That's what the book says. Yeah. That's what, then you begin, you begin to hear, uh, speak impeccably with your word. I mean, that, that's in, that's him. Uh, that's in the four agreements, bear grills, you know, it, yes. so you, you extract all these themes to where I think like, wow, if I want to accomplish all these things, I should probably listen to the people who are further along than I. And this book, the success principles is a perfect example of that. And so I'll just follow suit, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants and, and it becomes the, the way you think, but then the way you think becomes the way you act. And I mean, I send emails or I make phone calls that I never would have simply mm-hmm. because I say, ask, ask, ask. Some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. That's another little mindset piece that when someone says no to you, it's like, all right, well, someone's waiting. See you later. You know, I'll go to the next one. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I, I could rattle on that probably for this entire hour. Well, we could talk about personal development. The cows come home, my favorite subject, you know. Um, but, you know, in terms of the four agreements, I interviewed Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. So he was the one who came up with the fifth agreement in concert with his brother. And, uh, you know, so when we talked about which of the agreements, you know, speaks most to you consistently on a daily basis, and he said, yes, be impeccable with your word. Because if you can do that, everything else aligns accordingly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that, that word, uh, impeccable, you know, you, you can take that to every area of your life. And again, it just becomes a guidepost or, or north, a north star to which you're, you're aiming. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about some of your daily rituals mantras that keeps you on the straight and narrow, that keeps you in that, uh, you know, that vortex of clarity that keeps you honoring yourself, your spirit with what it is that you choose to manifest, what it is you choose to incorporate into your own personal growth and your personal development and the barometer of being able to measure to what degree you are profoundly shifting and growing every single day as a result of honing your mindset. So do you have a typical day, Charlie, in terms of when I wake up, this is what I say, call it, you know, mantra, whether it's a form of meditation, whether it's reading scripture, whether, you know, for everyone it's different. What would it be for you? And I know it's, it's difficult to stay true to that type of a regimented schedule when you've got children of that age, because I get it. I do. Yeah, you know, rather than a mantra or a thing I say to myself, it's, it's what I do. And and what you said there is, you know, it's, it's so true. And in my, you know, my, uh, experience through teaching, through fighting, through the way I was taught is that, you know, it's, it's everything's by example. Say what you say, but everything's by example. So with my show, so I have a podcast as well. I, I produced for the last, Today was 545. So for the last 545 days, I've produced a daily episode. And it's not like I just get up there and say, whoop-dee-doo. No, like I read, and mm-hmm. then I synthesize what I read, and then I create an eight-minute episode based on what I read. So it, it, there's substance, right? And that's, that's one, it's showing consistency, you know, it's mm-hmm. showing hard work. And, and above everything, that's what I want to show to people is consistency and hard work because then that's a bug that they catch and then they think, oh, well, if you did that, well, maybe I can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the daily, the daily, you're right. Uh, Absolutely. Kids, I'm, 
I'm on vacation right now and I've gotten up at 5:30 every morning so I can at least get some reading in. Yeah. Um and it's it's the reading that that's you know there's two real things it's reading and it's training. That 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 mm-hmm. for me are my two uh rights or my two anchors or my two things that that keep me aligned and keep me going. Um mm-hmm. and I I so I produced this show and and I I you know I read a book by the creator of Dilbert Scott Adams and he said that when when he uh writes a book he imagines that there's like a million people just waiting for it to be released right mm-hmm. so they can just order it so that's how I think of my show and and you know for periods of time I'll, I'll live stream it at a set period of time but I'll at least post it every day because I imagine I envision now, millions of people are waiting for this to be published so they can listen to it right away and so that's a source of accountability that really keeps me in line as well Absolutely. And so do you transcribe things out, outside of the podcast and, and, you know, maybe it's a catch all for everything you endeavor to do in terms of another form of discipline and consistency. But a lot of people talk about writing their goals down because it's not enough to just say it or speak it, uh, you know, where you're doing daily affirmations verbally or you're looking into the mirror or, you know, post-it notes. But I mean, do you write things down? Do you have a regimen when it comes to transcribing what's in your mind putting it down on paper to the same degree that you speak it out into the universe as well. Yeah. So with goals, you know, I, I, I've never written goals and I hear, you know, the, the, the facts behind it and, and everything. I've just never done it. Um, Interesting. what I, what I do do, and this kind of goes along with my show is I write out the lesson plans, right? So I get, you know, a little journal, a little like eight by whatever journal. And so I have, you know, four, whatever, hundred, um, daily inscriptions there. And what it turns out to be, you know, I'm reading a book, I'm talking about the book, but my, my underlying theme is like, all right, this is for my kids. This is for Rocky and Gracie. Whenever I'm, you know, gone, they're going to have a, a, a record of what their dad thought. You know, they're going to have mm-hmm. a record of the books I read and it's all going to be on paper right here. And what it turns out to be is these episodes are my therapy. So they're, I'm telling me what I need to hear. You know, and if I, if there's a a point in my life that, that something's not very good, you're going to see that indirectly come out by way of the notes, by way of the episodes that I'm recording. So it's, it's more of like a daily writing practice Mm -hmm. that, that, that is, is, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to me. You know, if you listen to my show, I'm talking to me. It's areas that I need to improve upon. So that's a, a way for me to get it out. Fantastic. Well, I want to go back to something that you said, which I think is really pivotal, because you indirectly were referring legacy. When you talked about being very cognizant of what it is that Rocky and Gracie will eventually be aware of in terms of where daddy's attention went and the things that he sponged up and the things that were important to him, and because you believe in it in terms of being you know, very instrumental as far as personal growth and development goes, therefore, as a parent, you naturally would want that to trickle down to your children. So but by saying that, we're indirectly referring to legacy. So what is the legacy you believe or wish for you to be uh, cognizant of again in, in leaving behind, Charlie? Yeah, so I, I operate, you know, my initially when I started my show, it was called A Fighter's Mindset, okay? Mm-hmm. But, but even before fighting, I was a wrestler. And I just, when I was young, I saw Rocky, the movie, and I was just, that, that, that was all I wanted for my life. You know, mm-hmm. was Rocky Balboa. Everything about it, like the the winning, the losing, the overcoming, the relationships, the the the, the trials and tribulations. It, it just sucked me in, and I I just absolutely love it. So that that's essentially the the legacy that that 
I'm after is, is just never, to be honest, never quitting that, that, that just keep. So Phil Knight's book, um, uh, shoe dog creator of Nike, uh, he gives a little quote in there that says, just keep going. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. That's really the legacy that, that I want my kids to see and to know that no, he wasn't the best. He got knocked out. He, whatever, whatever, but he just never stopped because if you just never stop, like a lesson to the listener, if you just never stop, you're not guaranteed to win, but it's the only way you're going to win. You know, if you stop, you're, you're just not going to win. But if you keep Absolutely. going, there's always a chance that you're going to win. So I think above anything, that's the message that I want to pass. Because, you know, I, I reflect on this. I mean, before we had this phone call, I thought, like, there's things in my life that aren't real good right now. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's stressors. There's this and that. And here I am, this guy, every day talking about what we should do. And I'm thinking, who am I? You know? But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm talking to myself. So mm-hmm. it, it, it fits right into that idea. But I will just keep going until I master it. And, and that's what I want my kids and anyone who subscribes to me to, to follow that mindset. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So, you know, we're very fortunate in the fact that as a former athlete myself, I mean, my goal was to make it to the Olympics as a competitive swimmer. Didn't result in that, but because I trained with the best, uh, one of the people who I trained with did actually go on to represent Canada. And of course, swimming beside her six days a week, twice a day, obviously I upped my game, you know, the standard and the bar was raised high. So not everybody is drawn to sports. Not everybody feels that they're, you have that inclination or that drive or the skill set. But what do you believe as a result of your journey with sport? How has that given you a bit of an upper edge in terms of everything else that translates to in terms of being a champion in your own life? I, I everything, you know, I think the answer to that question is everything. I, I you know, so starting a business, having two little kids, um, you know, even when I was teaching, there's stresses that you have to deal with in your life. There's mm-hmm. there's things that aren't good that you have to deal with in your life. And I, I liken a, a lot, you know, when I try to talk about this, probably the clearest analogy I can I can think of is, you know, when I was in college in a couple of years in high school, I would do, you know, grunt work for for construction you know i would carry things and hammer things and pick things up and clean things up and and i would watch these you know mostly carpenters who i'm thinking you know i'd watch them just hammer and pound all day all day in in 90 degree sun and think wow man how can they do this how can they do this and i realized over time through observation and conversation that they just hardened themselves it just Mm -hmm. it's like i'm I'm, i could have out wrestled them and outrun them and outlifted them but they could out hammer me all freaking day day because Mm -hmm. they just did it forever and ever and it got they just got used to it. And I think what, what sports and competition and that, that, that thrill of the fight has done for me is it just gets you used to the, the suck, right? It gets you used to the tough stuff. It gets you used to all that such that you're, you're just more aware of the fact that this is just how it is. You know, it's not easy. Last night my son was screaming all night. It's so incredibly hard and difficult. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But you get up and you read and you do the things you do because that's what you have to do to – in simple competition terms, to be the champ, right? To be the best of the best. Yeah. So it's just that whole way of being that transcends outside of sports into life. Because at the end of the day, you know, the sports are over and life keeps yeah. going. Absolutely. So if we if we go back to as I is 
uh, cited in the bio. So, you know, you're a speaker, uh, you're an author. Let's talk a little bit about your book, where the listeners can potentially uh, get their hands on a copy. Let's talk about your podcast specifically where people can, you know, download, upload, uh, tune mm-hmm. into that. Let's talk about the speaking circuit. If there's anything right now that's on the projected calendar that you would want people to be made aware of, let's highlight some of those aspects of what it is you're doing on a regular basis, Charlie. For sure. So my book, um, it's called Driven, My Unlikely Journey from Classroom to Cage. I've, I've written a second manuscript to a second book and we're, we're kind of putting a, a bird's eye view of the type of books I'm going to write over my career. Um, but that, it's available on Amazon. It's available on my website, which is charliespaniard.com. And mm-hmm. that, that, that book is, is simply an autobiography. It's, it's a me- memoir and it's a little, it's funny. I guess it's a little self-serving to write a memoir, but to be honest, the point of it, I was asked so many questions because people don't know about fighting. They don't know about the UFC. They, they're so curious. And I was asked so many questions over the years about fighting. So I thought, you know what? I, I, I had just lost my third fight. I got fired from the UFC. No idea what I was going to do. So it was just like, you know, well, I guess I'll just write a book to tell people about all those questions they asked. And and then from there, I learned that authors were speakers or speakers are authors. So I had to learn, like, what's that even mean? You know, I thought mm-hmm. we all speak daily, right? Aren't we all speakers? And so I had to learn that. And I started in schools and I did and I've done most of my uh, talks in schools and universities. And mm-hmm. this year, 2018, we made a concerted effort to start um expanding to corporate market and working more with professionals because my my passion is you know setting an example like i said leading by example for young people but it seems like my message is most well received by professionals by by people like you and i who when you earlier you said mediocrity is is like uh, you know that, that it's to those people that my message is most well received mm-hmm. so i uh i i i self-anointed this title of world's toughest lifelong learner and basically that, that encapsulates what I'm after and what I'm, uh, interested in creating, right? Tough lifelong learners, people who are physically and mentally tough and resilient. And yes. my, my way of doing that is through books and conversation and training, right? So I read all these books. I talk about these books. I bring these books to life and I, I, I freaking love it. Like, I just love it. Give me a book and give me a mic and I'll just entertain <laughs> for days. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and then with the show, so, so my show, it's called the Spaniard show, world's toughest lifelong learner. And it, it's, it's the Spaniard show. So I just document everything I do. It's based around toughness and learning. I interview some absolutely incredible people, you know, these long form interviews. I have these short eight minute episodes. I have what I learned this week, which is the highlights of what I learned that week. And it's like, I, I play devil's advocate a lot. Like why would Me anyone too. care? Why, yeah, That's like, my language. Would, yeah. So why would anyone care what I have to say? You know, what I learned this week. Well, the bottom line is if you're interested in becoming tough and you're interested in learning, then you will care. You should care because mm-hmm. it, it, learning to me is, is, is the secret to getting what you want. And I'm hell bent. It is my job. So person listening, if it's not your job, um, it's my job. So I'll do, I'll do the learning for you. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. Well, I'm going to go back to something that you said, which I thought was very interesting. I'm going to challenge you on that because I, I disagree with you, but I understand the sentiment behind why you would say this, as oftentimes people do. So when you were talking about prefacing your book being more specifically a memoir and, and wondering and questioning if perhaps it was self-serving, based on the fact that it was a memoir. I'm going to dispute that. I dispute that there's a, you know, there's so many different inspirational memes that go through social media. And one that speaks to me that I not long ago uh, reposted, but it, I'm not going to get it exactly word for word, but the gist and the sentiment of that being, you know, you being brave enough to tell your story is enough to break someone else's prison. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, when we look at the people who, whether they're on the world stage, they're notable names, uh, the people who have stepped into their greatness, who understand prosperity, who understand abundance, who understand that because their purpose is such that they're here to play a bigger game. It's not about them, but they can use themselves as a vehicle based on their own previous experiences to highlight based on the journey, always being filled with adversity, always, you know, five steps forward, 10 steps back, whatever the case may be, we've all encountered that. We also know what it is to be marginalized. We know what it is to be oppressed. We know what it is to be invisible. We know what it is to be silenced or not taken seriously. And eventually that script sometimes becomes self-indoctrinated. We take that blueprint and we are the ones who become more culpable and guilty of, because when you get to a certain age, it becomes a choice. That may be the landscape once upon a time, whether it be the message you got in your home, your culture, your improper peer group, whatever the case may be. But there comes a fundamental time in everyone's life where it's about choice. Do I choose to still cling to that old story that was scripted for me? I didn't author that. I didn't birth that. Or do I see something within myself that perhaps other people may not? But if I'm going to play a bigger game, if I'm going to really define who I am based on my terms, my standards, my ethics, my principles, my values, my everything, then it's up to me to be consistent and and congruent with that message in terms of walking my talk. So, you know, by you having uh, elected to choose to do a memoir and based on some very important life uh, principles, we're always learning from other people. If there were no storytellers like yourself, Charlie, if there were people who weren't willing to put themselves out there in media land, call it a podcast, call it live stream, call it blogging, call it whatever, you know, for the people who we know who are still in that demographic of sitting on that uh, sideline fence going, you know, should I, shouldn't I? And they're full of trepidation. They're full of self-doubt. They're full of fear. You know, you really do have to become your own hero. You really do have to become your own hero. You really do have to become your own leader. And ultimately, by doing that, you have to become your best friend. So you walking your talk and putting yourself out there to be that example, of course, whether it be directly, indirectly, feedback you receive or may never receive, you are helping be part of the change at Wayne Dyer says that, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world, right? So you're following suit with that. You're honoring yourself. And by doing that, you're anchoring people out of the abyss. So good on you. There's nothing self-serving about that. You're helping the masses. You're helping the collective. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, it I'm glad you pointed that out. And maybe that's a lesson for me to just not say that again. So the the, the basis for that statement, and this is interesting, and I'm, uh, I'm really glad that you did bring it up and you, you, you are challenging me and not just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so when I was, when, you, when, when you're a fighter, 
You know, everything's mm-hmm. about you. You don't even think twice about anything, right? It's, it's just that, that, that your coaches, the camp, they're there for you, right? That, mm-hmm. that's understood. But when I got into the real world and I was trying to build a business, you know, I, I would listen to a lot of people and it, it really conflicted with that. You know, when, when you're a business, you know, what problem are you solving or what, 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 uh, what value prop do you offer? And I just, I never thought that way. It just was not how I, it's not how a professional fighter thinks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I guess maybe I became a little bit conditioned to be mm-hmm. so paranoid of being me, 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 that I'm the opposite of me, me, me. And I think that statement was bred out of that thought right there. Like I would have never said an autobiography was self-serving before someone said to me an autobiography is self-serving. So it's like, I guess that's, that's just a little bit, my mind has been polluted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really glad, glad you brought that up because you're right. The, the whole reason I do what I do is because of the living proof that I have from fighting that when I was fighting, I wasn't, I mean, I was trying to win gold, you know, you're trying to, but, but then like you realize that by trying to win gold, wow, all these people are drawn to me. You know, it's mm-hmm. how heroes are formed, you know, like by seeing the rock work so hard, I want to, I want to meet the rock and shake his hand, right? I want to be more like the rock. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we, you're right. We, we do have that ability and it really is the crooks of why I do what I do to show the discipline, hard work, consistency, et cetera, so that people will uh, emulate that and replicate that in their own lives. So it, yeah, I, I guess, you know what? I'll never say that again. Well, <laughs> Thank I'm glad you for pointing that. that out. Well, but it's important because, you know, as, as a, you know, and, and, and not to negate or minimize, and I, I appreciate that you see the clarity in that because it is to your own benefit. It's to all of our own benefit. Yeah. And, I, and I talk about this quite extensively on radio with my mentoring clients, uh, every platform that I'm afforded to, to, to talk about this. You know, languaging, self-dialogue is so crucial, you know, especially when we're in a position where people, you know, we do garner an audience uh, through various platforms. And so, you know, if we're saying that we have something profound, we believe we have something profound to impart with the masses, people who then become students, people who then become subscribers, people who become listeners, people who seek you out at the corporate level, pay you for your gigs, whatever the case may be. People are listening specifically to the message itself and how it's being branded, how it's being marketed, how it's being emitted, how it's being uh, shared. And so, you know, if we're saying to the people in the audience, you know, we want you to celebrate who you are. We want you to understand and reap the benefits of what you bring to the table in the universe, uh, knowing that there's something better and bigger and deeper within you, even if you're still in that part of your journey where you have to extrapolate that and figure out what that might be for you before you can take off. Um, you know, so, but if we're sending mixed messages that are incongruent, even within ourselves, that then translates to the listening audience who potentially could be the people who buy your books, seek you out for a speaking engagement, subscribe to your podcast, whatever the case may be. Um, so we don't want to say anything that's perceivably self-deprecating or still is questionable in terms of uh, you know, to what degree do we really believe in ourselves if the way we're communicating things is questionable? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, along those lines, it, like I said, I'm, 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 I like documenting everything and I'm very, like, one of the things that fighting taught me was this, this, like, when you, you get your butt kicked in front of a million, you get knocked out in front of a million people, like, yeah. It doesn't get much worse or more embarrassing than that. Uh, and one of the things that I really, uh, pride myself on, 
is showing like, hey, this is learning. You know, even this last segment, the last five minutes of our conversation, it's like, huh, wow, she taught me something new. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I think I do agree with that. So it's really important, I also think, to provide a very real, you know, a very real, as real as possible, uh, uh, representation of what's really going on. Um, a very forthright, very, very honest in the way things are, um, you know, and, and it changes. Absolutely. Sometimes it, it evolves. You read a book and, you, you know, you read the success principles, you come out on the other end different than when you went in. You know, Absolutely. so it's, it's, you just pick up all this stuff such that, you know, I use this, this idea a lot such that, you know, when you take your last breath, it's kind of like, ah, I feel good. I did it. And then you, you can kind of just rest in peace, literally rest in peace. Yes. Yeah, very true. And the thing is, too, the people like yourself and myself who are committed to staunch, fierce, daily, perpetual uh, motion of growth and development, um, who we do have goals. We do have aspirations. There is nobody who could perceivably be harder on ourselves than ourselves. And I think that, again, comes from the sports mindset, particularly when it's an individual sport. You're in your mind. You're play, replaying things over and over again, how to perfect things, how to be faster, how to be swifter, how, you know, how to shave time, how to how to outperform your opponent, having researched them too, you know, knowing what other people's skill sets are and their strengths are that overshadow your own weaknesses and how do you then focus on things to bring up, you know, make it a little bit more a level playing field. So, you know, I think it's very important, um, you know, when we're talking about uh, I kind of lost my point there, but it, it, it's really important, I think, when you're focused on goals and you're focused on achieving goals, you know, the people who are going to connect with you are the people who are on the same frequency, people mm -hmm. who are dialed in to the degree that you're dialed yeah. in it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a choice every day how we transmit our energy, you know, whether it be the spoken word, the written word, whether it be visible, what we do behind the scenes when we're quiet, whether it be in our meditation, whether it be producing our content, whether it be, you know, coaching a one-on-one -on -one session with a client, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, the more we are tapped into ourselves in with respect to our non-negotiables, you know, I can mm -hmm. still love people from afar, but I'm not going to entertain having you in my energetic field because I have prided myself too much on my own growth and development, ridding myself of the things that have been counterintuitive for me, that have been dead weight, uh, that don't propel me in the right direction. I can love you from afar, but if we're not on the same frequency, I'm sorry, I'm going solo on this. Yeah, and that, you know, going back to frequency, and it's a little bit different sense that you were talking about, but I mean, it, again, going back to Campfield and the success principles, talks about the law of attraction, you know, what, 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 uh, what you think about, you bring about, or the frequency and this is going back to Napoleon Hill and thinking grow rich, like what you're putting yes. out there is going to come back to you. Um, and that that's a real, you know, it's a real thing. And, and this idea of energy, you know, you use the word energy a lot. And to me, that's, I mean, it's kind of where it's at, to be honest. If I do a talk or I do a whatever I do um, on the stage, you know, fight, it, it's like wrestling mat stage, wrestling mat octagon stage speaking, right? Mm -hmm. It's all an expression of myself. It's, 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 it's like an artist, really. Um, but the, the feedback I get most is that of energy, right? Like, oh, you're so energetic. It's infecting, et cetera. And it's like, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's a great, mm -hmm. a great thing, right? But when you, when you think about it, it's like, well, it's not like I had to, to fight anyone to get energy or you don't mm -hmm. have to climb a mountain to touch the, the, the button of energy and have it. You can just have it. 
you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's, it's such a easily accessible thing for people to have a genuine real energy, right? Not like fake fluff, but a genuinely real energy that anyone can possess. And it's hugely important. And, and on a, uh, on a, uh, tactical or strategic, I, I, my wife busts on me all the time because I like to nap. You know, if it, if I have 10 minutes where I can just boom, close my eyes and, and, <laughs> and nap, I will because it's, it's energy. I just, I, I want to conserve my energy and I want yeah. to utilize my energy. <laughs> it gets in the well, way. Well, but yes, and it, it's a form of recharging and rejuvenation, which we have to do, right? We have to, we have to do that to keep ourselves fresh. We have to do that for our content. We have to do that as parents. We have to do that as serial solopreneurs. We have to do that as somebody who has elected in life to, to to wear all yeah. these various hats yeah. with the high degree of level of responsibility and commitment uh, and accountability that goes with that, you know, but, you know, I, there's also some misunderstandings when it comes to when I talk about, and again, this is something I also talk quite extensively about, you know, because of I'm committed to rapid growth, as I can very clearly uh, tapped into knowing that you are here too, Charlie, you know, when we talk about outgrowing people, people tend to see that as a very narcissistic or self-absorbed way of viewing things. I don't look upon it that way, but because we are committed to outgrowing and shedding the various aspects of our previous selves that we've come through choosing to do the work, realize we're still dead weight, uh, still riddled and, and fiddle and filled with, uh, false beliefs and concepts. Once we get really clear on who we are and owning our own bullshit, mm-hmm. we, we also mm-hmm. eradicate those older previous versions of our So we have outgrown certain aspects of who we are. So when we talk about on a more generic level, grow outgrowing other people as it pertains and relates specifically to frequency and vibration, uh, vibration, uh, and goals and, and really being honed in and tapped in and all in all of that. Not everybody wants to live that kind of a life. Not everybody's mm-hmm. equipped to want to live that kind of a life. And there's no judgment with that whatsoever. But because I've elected to choose to live my life and honor myself in that vein with that purpose, with that, you know, with the value system that's attached to that, when I make reference to outgrowing other people as a result of frequency not being aligned, that's perfectly okay with me to the degree that still gets misconstrued because if people are paying attention to the deeper underlying issue, I have chosen to outgrow previous versions of myself. So if that's, if that's possible and capable, which it has to be where I am today, I therefore will naturally outgrow other people. Yeah. And that's an uncomfortable thing for sure. I mean, it's an absolute uncomfortable thing because change is to, to a lot of people change is scary. I freaking love, like I love change. I love me too. fighting people. I love tough stuff. It just like, I just get so bored if it's not that way. Absolutely. Um, and, and I don't want to be bored, but yeah, I mean, it's tough and it's an ongoing thing and it's a scary thing. And again, I haven't mastered it. You know, I undergo those stresses on a daily basis. All I want to talk about is books and reading and conversations and did you hear this guy said hear that guy said bah, 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 and not ever no, 95% of people don't even care so mm-hmm. for me it's become really important and that's why I read so much is to, it's the easiest way for me to connect with people who do think like I think and yeah. that's by reading their books you know obviously when you bring another person you got to depend on schedule and connection and this and that and the other thing but you can read all day every day if you make enough time for it uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's about searching out those people. And when I was fighting, I mean, I was around world-class thinkers, doers on a daily basis, right? There was mm-hmm. not a day where I was not around that mindset. And then when I got into to the regular world, it was like, whoa, this kind of sucks. Where are those people? 
And that's when I realized, like, I really got to up my reading game because I can have that every day, every yes. single day in the comfort of my own home. And, uh, you know, add to that conversations like this that I get to have by way of my show or other people's shows. It's mm-hmm. just like it's fuel and it's tremendous. Beautiful and very true. And again, what you've indirectly alluded to there, which I think is important to really uh, impress upon this with the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers once this has been calibrated and uploaded, um, you know, it's uh, – sorry, I just lost that, Charlie, again. It's just but, – but it's um, – you know, this wasn't my initial point, but it's also repetition, repetition, redundancy. Mm-hmm. And you would know that as an athlete too, right? The more you profess, the more you, you speak out into your preferred state of being, your existence, the more closer you are in tangible real life here and now sphere sense, catching up to what it is you visualize and manifest as already being a bullseye done deal, right? 100%. Out- Absolutely. It, so it, it's, that, uh, you know, the, the repetition consistency, I just saw, I think it was Jordan Burroughs, who's an Olympic gold medalist, one of my, you know, I, I say heroes, I don't know a better word, but someone I respect a lot, right? Saying hero is easier to say than saying someone I respect a lot, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Olympic gold medalist, he, he essentially, uh, fell flat on his face at this Olympic Games, had to recover, move, mm-hmm. he, he's just a representative of what I aim, you know, to, to, to model in my life. And he put out something the other day about success and people want the, the secret. There's no secret. It's hard work. That's it right there. I mean, it's mm-hmm. disappointing when you ask someone, someone's like the rock, rock, what is it that got you there? Well, mm-hmm. it's like a hundred years of working hard. You know, that's Absolutely. like, oh man, that sucks. But really that's it. And in the consistency you just mentioned, I mean, that's it. If you want other people to live that consistency, then you've got to live that consistency. You got to live true. and breathe it. It's got to be your your your, your purpose, and right. uh, you know the, the, my kids. I would love for my kids to grow up and be athletes, and you know I'd love <laughs> to travel around the country, the world with them, and and help them, you know, achieve things that I never achieved. Mm-hmm. But if they aren't athletes, I I, I truly, as long as they work hard and have a fire, mm-hmm. that's like the most important thing to me. Absolutely, hundred percent. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more as a fellow parent, too. Going back, I recaptured my thoughts. So going back to what you alluded to, although it wasn't said directly, but again, important enough of a point to impress upon the listening audience, is, you know, in terms of taking what you took from previous experiences and knowing now as a result of the types of books that you choose to read, the types of authors that resonate with you, and incorporating that into your daily regimen of how you stay focused, that goes back to Jim Rohn. You know, Jim Rohn talks about we become the top five people that we spend Mm -hmm our most time with and that can be not necessarily in the physical tangible sphere that can be the content that we uh you know elect to eat up from them the books that they write that we choose to then read um the types of things we then incorporate into our own content of course you know not taking other people's stuff but you know so this is you know this is very important because when I'm working with my clients, and I'm sure that, you know, you would know this too, even just at a parent level, it's very important. You gotta, if you're gonna recalibrate your way of thinking or even embark upon a reinvention process, you have to look at, okay, what is in the picture today? Who are all the people that are playing a contributing role, uh, on whatever level of scale? 
to either contaminating or contributing to who you are and where you are and where you want to go in your projected journey. So you've got to do an inventory. You've got to do regular inventory and go, okay, you know what? No fault of that person necessarily. It's not to say that they're a bad person, but you know, the way that they live their life isn't necessarily congruent with how I choose to continually remain honored in living mine. That doesn't serve me. And because time is very limited, because we do wear a lot of different hats, we have to be very conservative with how we choose to spend and expend our energies and our time. So yeah, you, you want to only align with the best of the best, uh, the people who are synergi- synergistically and energetically and congruently aligned with what resonates with you in a way that's going to keep you on the straight and narrow. So I just wanted to say it because you indirectly were, were alluding to that and I just wanted to give it a face. Yeah. And it's really just creating like, uh, uh, the word, I say fabricate, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but, but it's, it's just about creating that environment around you. Yeah. Um, and it, it truly, I mean, books, cultivating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so that's another way. That's another exchange. I'll never say, <laughs> I'll never say fabricating. I'll just say <laughs> cultivating. Um, that's it. And, and like I said, to me, books is, you know, book, I think reading for me represents what I represent right the 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 long-term view the consistent hard work Mm -hmm. that because it's not easy i mean a book several hundred pages take it hours to read you got to put in the work to get the juice you know so it's it's i think kind of metaphorically represents my bigger message in general too and uh it's it's the lifeline you know it's a controllable put it that way it's a controllable Mm -hmm. you know person out there it's a controllable. You go to a bookstore, you go to an Amazon, you read a book. You don't got to depend on anyone's schedule, nothing. You, if you have a Kindle, you don't even need light, right? Because the Kindle mm-hmm. has light. Uh, it's just so, so simple and so wise. Absolutely. Well, being cognizant of time here, Charlie, and these interviews always go too quickly for my liking, and that's not to say that you're not open, standing invitation, welcome to come back here anytime. You most certainly are, because uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this, and I do really very much uh, resonate with your energy. Uh, energy is everything to me. It truly, truly yeah. is. Um, so for the way that I feel enriched as a result of showcasing you and interviewing you and learning from you as much as you feel you've learned from me, I want to say sure. thank you. You're always welcome to come back here. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's mutual. And there's so many energy is, is, you know, one of the, 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 the bigger ones, but, but so many different, you know, obvious things that, that we align upon, um, Absolutely. But it's been great to, to you know, come on and, and talk shop, really. <laughs> yes. So I want to, uh, before I do my outro here and thank everybody, uh, including yourself again here, Charlie, I want to give you another opportunity. Where can people reach out to you? Where can people buy your book? Where can people connect with you in terms of, you know, one-on-one consulting, speaking engagements, your podcast, how they can go about finding that and subscribing? For sure. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, my name is Charlie. My nickname is Spaniard. So everything I put out there is Charlie Spaniard, charliespaniard.com, at Charlie mm-hmm. Spaniard on social media. Um, you know, on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using, search out Spaniard Show or The Spaniard, and that'll come up. Um, but really, in terms of speaking, you know, it's all my website. It's all my social media. I'm, I'm very active. I love live streaming. <laughs> I do some mm-hmm. live streams. I do some live streams that are really interesting. So I have like these workout routines that seem insane, but they're 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 really not. So it turns into like a talk while training, and it's just a fun, <laughs> odd, weird, educational, inspiring, entertaining uh, ordeal. Uh, but I encourage you, I do most of them on Facebook. Uh, but again, it's facebook.com slash Charlie Spaniard. 
Um, and that, that's pretty much everything I'm doing. I, I, I love speaking. I love learning. I love teaching. I love inspiring the lifelong learning bug. I love inspiring toughness. I love teaching toughness. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the, the bottom line is I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an average kid from small town Pennsylvania. And I worked my way into fighting big, bad, scary men. And I was scared to death while doing it, but I did it anyway. And it's Beautiful. like, if really, if I can do it, you can do it. Fantastic. So true. So true. So to my listening audience, I want to thank you very much again for taking time out of your schedule to tune into Living Fearlessly here with Lisa McDonald with my guest today, Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman. Uh, he's already giving you the information. It will be available once the podcast has been uploaded for release uh, for you to tune into finding him and searching him out specifically. I want to once again thank my corporate sponsors, which is inclusive of Halton Honda uh, forever, as well as AHA That. I want to thank my friends and family over at the C-Suite Radio Network, where, of course, you can eventually find uh, my interview podcast link on my host page, also living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald with my guest showcased of each week. I want to thank the Contact Talk Radio Network Network as always, which is where we initially go live. I want to thank all my half a million, over half a million uh, subscribers, people who want to now follow on iHeartRadio, Spotify, two new additions to platforms of where Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald can be found. Till next week, my friends, I'm here to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Wishing you a fantastic, safe weekend. Looking forward to doing this again next weekend. Take care, love and gratitude. All my best. Bye-bye, Charlie. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.